You are listening to Larry Connors, USA. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! This is Larry Connors, USA. Larry Connors, USA. If she was not black, female, and gay, would it be different? I can imagine if this was uh, some other athlete of her uh, level uh, of celebrity and her level of achievement that we'd be sitting around four and a half months without having to write a letter to the president. This is unimaginable, and I've committed to both her wife. I talked yesterday to her father that I'm going to do everything I can to help bring her home and to first make sure that she's being treated fairly and secure. This is July 11th, 2022, and we are live streaming at Larry Connors USA on rumble.com. Rumble.com. Simply search Larry Connors USA. It'll take you right to our site. You'll see previous rumbles, and you can push a button and join us live. You can also subscribe. We'll have them sent to you directly. No cost. Same thing for any previous programs. Pulled up as podcast. LarryConnorsUSA.com. Those are the words of Al Sharpton. He's speaking about WNBA star, Phoenix star, Brittany Griner. So far being held in Russia now for four months on bringing drugs into the country. Uh, apparently she had entered a plea the other day and admitted that she did, which some say that was a mistake. Because now they've got concrete evidence where it had been a charge. Now apparently she's acknowledged it. That aside from the legal issue, what Al Sharpton just said, well, if it had been anybody other than a black woman, a transgender, Russia wouldn't be doing this. Several things come to mind. First of all, a U.S. Marine had been held since 2019 on charges of being drunk. And he may well have been, but he was held and sentenced to something like 10-plus years. He just got released. He'd been held since 2019. Griner's been in for four and a half months. And she wrote a handwritten letter to Biden saying, I need out of here. The same Brittany Griner that refuses to acknowledge and be present in the auditorium when the national anthem is played and our U.S. flag is on display, now suddenly wants USA help to get out of Russia. We're going to get into that in more detail because there's a lot more to the story. In the meantime, a number of Republican victories involving minority candidates and shifting voting trends in the U.S. are frightening liberals. What's their response? To strike out and call all of them white supremacists and far-right extremists, even though, even though they might be black and Hispanic. They're considered far-right extremists and white supremacists. And I'm looking at a piece of Breitbart. On a headline page, it begins, New York Times launches campaign to dump Biden. 
He's referring to a poll that 64%, 64% of the Democrats surveyed do not want Joe Biden in 2024. We'll get into that in more detail. Also, we're looking at several stories as to how Twitter supposedly is supposed going to do better policing and keep threatening, threatening things off. There's a group in D.C. that's offering bounties to pay bounties to anybody who spots a Supreme Court justice like Kavanaugh while they're out dining so people can gather and protest and shout and chase him out of the restaurant and disrupt the dinner for all the other patrons who might well be liberals. And Twitter allowed it to happen. Oh, that's right. That's because these are liberal concerns. We're also going to be joined by Dr. Rick Lehman, Center for U.S. Sports Medicine, about some of the latest information regarding Demarius Thomas, who died last year at age 33 after suffering a seizure. It is confirmed that he had CTE, that would be severe head trauma from playing football, dying at age 33. That's just the latest in a long string of 320 former players that have been posthumously diagnosed with CTE. It can only be verified after they're dead. we got a lot to cover over the next two hours. Let your friends and family know we're on the air and live streaming. Log and load. Ready on the right. You are listening to Larry Connors, USA. I personally know at least three people who got sick from mold. It's not uncommon for homes, businesses to have a leak somewhere, and it doesn't take long for mold to start growing. Well, of course, I recommend Wellington Environmental. You don't want a company that's just going to clean up the water. Wellington has 34 years of experience. In fact, hospitals often have Wellington inspect and treat mold. Do what they do. Call 314 644-4930, 644-4930, call Wellington for a mold inspection, air testing, professional remediation, 314-644-4930, 644-4930, AAA rated with a Better Business Bureau, Wellington Environmental, your world, cleaner, better, safer, be well. With Wellington. I want you to know something special. John Beal Roofing constantly gives back to the community in so many ways, supporting more charities and good causes than any other local roofing company. Why? It's the right thing to do. Keep that in mind when you need a new roof, plus quality work at the lowest price, guaranteed. John Beal, 1 800 New Roof, 1 800 New Roof. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. 
President Biden heading to Saudi Arabia this week to beg for oil, and he's trying to defend the trip. In an op-ed written by him or his team, the president tries to paint Saudi Arabia as an important, quote, strategic partner. I know that there are many who disagree with my decision to travel to Saudi Arabia. My views on human rights are clear and longstanding, and fundamental freedoms are always on the agenda when I travel abroad. Biden's visit seen as a desperate tactic to combat high gas prices, which have been one of the biggest black marks on his presidency. Yeah, they are among the biggest black marks on his presidency. That's part of a Fox News report about Biden's trip this week to Saudi Arabia. Very interesting thing happened today. The story came out that actually, and if you recall, we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. It was the Saudi Arabia trip was going to be tacked on to his trip to the G7 summit. But apparently somebody decided, you know, all those days traveling to get over to the G7 summit in Spain the time spent there, the time to come back, for him then to go from there on to Saudi Arabia, since he's already in Europe, was just maybe going to be too hard on it. That's right. Someone at the White House decided, this might not be good for this man at his age. Maybe he needs to come home, have a few days of rest, then make the trip. To Saudi Arabia. If that's true, and I'm saying if it's true, I don't know that it is. If it's true, it's just underscoring the concern the White House and many on both sides of the political aisle have about the ability of Biden to continue to serve. Not only the remainder of this term, but even possibility that he might be running again in 2024. We're going to get into that in more detail. But Biden is going to go over basically to Saudi Arabia, and and you heard him say in an op-ed that they were reading from that I'm going over there and I always, always maintain in the front of my mind is civil rights and human rights violations. Lie, direct lie. Because if it were, you'd be calling out China, for using slave labor. You would be calling and putting pressure on the sports agencies, franchises, that buy products from companies that have them made by slave labor in China or elsewhere, so it doesn't appear to be coming from China. So that's a flat-out lie. The second thing, they said, well, I'm not really going to go Ask for oil. Well, then why the hell are you going? Oh, I'm trying to go to maintain relations. Because he had called them a pariah. They were accused in killing that journalist. He called them a pariah. But now I want to make, make good, make peace, go back and restabilize the region. He's going for oil. He's going over with a tin cup, rattling it. Hey, brother, you got a, you got some oil you can spare? And some of the reports coming out of the Middle East and elsewhere that the oil-producing nations 
are already at their max. They don't have any more they can produce for the U.S. And in the meantime, do not forget, do not forget the same President Biden sent something like 5 million barrels of oil to other countries. U.S. oil, right out of our strategic reserve, intended for U.S. citizens in the event of a strategic situation, such as hurricanes wiping out refineries all along the coastlines, or anything of that nature. And he's also dipped into it to get the prices down ahead of the elections. It's not meant for a political game like that. And, of course, the other point is what he's ignoring right here. Former Texas Governor Rick Perry, who was also at one time Energy Secretary under Trump, his response. His trip to Saudi Arabia, I, you know, on its face, I don't have a problem with that. Saudi Arabia is our, uh, is our ally. But the reason he's going is what's really suspect. If, if you want to increase the uh, availability of crude, uh, help drive down the cost of gasoline in the United States, you do it right here. This is the cleanest produced energy in the world, uh, American uh, energy. So uh, it's just on its face. Um, again, I use the term flailing around. This president is out of control. He, he is not uh, making thoughtful decisions about the American uh, economic future. And he's going to pay a huge price for it. His party's going to pay a huge price for it this November. Well, we certainly hope so. We certainly hope so, right? Those are the words, again, of former Texas Governor Rick Perry, who had also served as Energy Secretary under Trump. And uh, I have here a report from the Electric Reliability Council of Texas warning power consumers in Texas you need to conserve energy starting this afternoon and evening, because there might not be enough wind power to operate the power grid reliably in peak demand. Now, Texas, of course, is known for its oil industry, also the nation's number one producer of wind energy. During that cold snap, if you recall, in 2021, the wind turbines froze, and many Texans had no power unless they had backup generators. And now that could happen again due to high temperatures and calm conditions. Not enough wind to move the turbines. That's out of Texas. And then this word out of California. Governor Newsom saying today the state had to, quote, sober up. Sober up, his words, about the fact that renewable energy sources had failed to provide enough power for his state at peak demand, and needed backup and insurance from other sources. (laughs) Now, what what other resources would you like to have in California? Uh, You'd think they would have plenty of wind. Uh, You would think uh, plenty of sunshine. But, of course, they're trying to shut down the oil and gas industry, aren't they? So the failure of wind power during a peak period coming as Biden and other leaders are pressing our nation to give up on fossil fuels 
in favor of renewable sources like wind and solar, and it apparently is showing us uh, that ain't going to be enough. Not going to work. We're going to be short, even right now. And, of course, nuclear power, but that's not widespread either. And in the meantime, the World Economic Forum released a position paper just today trying to link two global crises as one, climate change and the decline of democracy. There is no link, but the World Economic Forum is fighting, as it has been for the past 15 years, democracy is in decline worldwide. I wonder why. And they'll protect and promote freedom, which they're not interested in protecting your freedom. But that's their allegation. Leading democracies, that would be like the U.S. of A., must strengthen their economies and safeguard liberty. And to say ignoring progress for a low-carbon economy could put those democracies in greater economic peril. And therefore... The best thing right now is to make sure you do pay more, that you're forced to pay more for your fuel and oil and gas if you're going to rely on that. Because they want you to suffer. I've told you that before. They want you to suffer to make sure that you think, oh, my God, we we just can't afford to do this. We're going to have to spend money, which we don't have, to buy an electric car, which we'll have to have a battery replaced at a cost of six to $8,000 in five, seven, eight years. And there's something only like 4000 power stations around the nation currently where you would power it up. And then when you get there, you got to wait in line for maybe two hours just to get to the pump. And then it takes another hour and a half to two to get you the travel distance you want. We're not there yet. It might be in the future, but right now it's not. And in fact, to that extent, again, former Energy Secretary Rick Perry of uh, Texas' previous governor, I think it's really important for the American people to understand that it was only a short two years ago that America was energy independent of any other source of of energy because uh, the Trump administration did put in place policies that incentivized uh, the energy industry. If you want more of something, incentivize it. It doesn't make any difference what it is. If it's good behavior, if it's more uh, energy, just incentivize that. Mm-hmm. Don't overtax it. Don't overregulate it. Don't overlitigate it. And get out of the way, government. That's a simple uh, statement, but it's true. It works. It's the way the state of Texas moved forward uh, back in the 2000s uh, to become. Yeah, the number one job-producing state in the nation. So yeah, this is pretty simple stuff. He's just so beholden to those on the left uh, that controlling. Yep, he is. And he mentioned jobs, particularly in Texas. Before we wrap up this hour, I want to point out something. Biden has been trying to get you to look away, look away, don't pay attention to this. Well, I want to draw your attention to it before we wrap up this hour. But I'd mentioned earlier there's a New York Times poll out, and it, according to the chief political analyst, Nate Cohn, for the New York Times, this is the first poll of the 2022 midterm campaign, and it said the Democrat Party has two core problems. 
First, Joe Biden's job approval rating is only 33%. And the left has a set of priorities that are different from the rest of the country. Liberals care more about abortion and guns and about the economy. Conservative concerns are much more in line with the rest of the country. Well, even New York, even MSNBC news anchor Joe Scarborough said that New York Times poll is uh, should be a wake-up call. The numbers for Joe Biden, well, they're about as bad as they could possibly oh. be. 33% approval rating. That's bad, right? That's pretty bad. Uh, 64% of Democrats say, yeah, we want somebody else to run in 2024. Um, oh, but wait, they do a head-to-head matchup with Donald Trump. You tell. Joe Biden wins. <laughs> Joe Biden, 44. Donald Trump, 41%. No way. This- yeah, no way. <laughs> I, I wouldn't believe that, but you go ahead and if you want to. What Nate Cohn does point out, he said, this appears to be much like what we saw in 2016 when the New York Times pollsters asked Americans whether they plan to vote for Hillary or Donald Trump. More than 10% said they wouldn't support either one. They'd vote for a third-party candidate or not vote at all. And he said, that's pretty much what we're getting this time. Very similar. That is if you put Biden and Trump against each other. We're going to get into that in more detail in the next hour. But coming up, the story of the poor Phoenix WNBA star Griner being held in a Russian prison. Stand by. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. This has been on top of mind of the president. Like I was there when he read the letter, um, and he takes this to heart. This is a priority. Uh, we are going to make this happen. We're going to continue to to make sure we use uh, everything at our disposal to bring her home. To bring her home, we are going to do everything the president can to bring home Brittany Griner. Phoenix WNBA star who's in prison now for about four and a half months in Russia for apparently taking an illegal substance into Russia. As I said, there have been conflicting reports if she did enter a guilty plea thinking that it might get her out quicker or if she was just considering. But she did write a letter, a handwritten letter to President Joe Biden And here's part of what it reads. As I sit here in a Russian prison alone with my thoughts and without the protection of my wife, family, friends, Olympic jersey, or any accomplishments, I'm terrified I might be here forever. Now, I can understand the concerns and fears she has. 
She's been held about 130 days. She's 31 years of age. She was in Russia during the WNBA offseason, arrested a week before Russia invaded Ukraine. They claim that she, Russia claimed she had cannabis oil in her luggage. And her letter continued saying, On the 4th of July, our family normally honors the service of those who fought for my freedom, including my father, who is a Vietnam War veteran. It hurts thinking about how I usually celebrate this day because freedom means something completely different to me this year. You think? You think so? She goes on to say, I realize you're dealing with so much, Mr. President, but please don't forget about me and the other American detainees. Please do all you can to bring us home. I voted for the first time in 2020, and I voted for you. I believe in you. I still have so much to do with my freedom that you can help restore. I miss my family. I miss my teammates. It kills me to know they are suffering so much right now. I'm grateful for whatever you can do for me at this point. Now, this is the same Whitney Griner of the Phoenix Mercury who said she will not stand and show up during the playing of the National Anthem at WNBA games. She said, I honestly feel we should not play the National Anthem before the game. So here she's saying on July 4, I always honor this. I honor the vets. My father was one, the flag, blah, 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 blah. And yet publicly she has more recently said prior to this letter, I'm going to protest. I'm not going to go out there for the National Anthem. If the league wants to continue to play it, so be it. I'll, if it's all season long, I won't be out there. I'm only speaking for myself. So she wants to claim that the National Anthem is racist and shouldn't be part of our culture. But now, inside a Russian prison, she's probably more than willing to sing the National Anthem. Would you not agree? She's complaining. She's being held four and a half months, and she's sent a letter to President Biden. A U.S. Marine, Trevor Reed, just was released. The Biden administration worked out a prison swap, a prisoner swap with Russia, and brought home Trevor Reed, who had apparently been jailed since 2019 on allegations that he got drunk. And in turn, they released a guy that was charged and sentenced to 20 years in prison sentenced in 2011 for conspiring to import more than $100 million worth of cocaine into the U.S. I'm glad we got our Marine home, but that's the guy the Russians wanted home, the one who's going to get a $100 million worth of cocaine into this nation. And now the Russians are saying, maybe, maybe we'll do a deal with Griner if you release an arms dealer, a guy that sells a lot of weapons of war that we've arrested. We'll see how it plays out, but the hypocrisy of Griner. Now, I love America. Coming up, the increasing danger of head injuries, not just in football. Stand by. You can email Larry at LarryConnorsUSA at gmail.com. LarryConnorsUSA at gmail.com. 
Ackerman Toyota believes when you need service, you want genuine parts, certified mechanics, no hidden costs. You get all of that with Ackerman Toyota. Plus, if you're ready for a new car or pre-owned, see what Ackerman has on the lot or what's coming. Ackerman Toyota, Hampton and Interstate 44. Ackerman Toyota for life. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. Welcome back. I remind you, we are live streaming at rumble.com. You can go to rumble.com, enter in one word for the search engine, Larry Connors USA. And it'll take you to our Rumble page. You'll see previous postings, and you can also join us live in studio. If you miss any of these programs, you can always pick them up on the podcast later after they're placed. That would be at LarryConnorsUSA.com. Larry Connors USA. Very simple to remember. Back in 2002, Hall of Fame center Mike Webster was the first NFL player found to have massive brain damage relating to playing football. More than 320 other players, including Ken Stabler, Frank Gifford, have been posthumously diagnosed with CTE. It can only be diagnosed after they're dead. And then just last week, retired former Denver Broncos wide receiver Demarius Thomas, who died last year at the age of 33, at the age of 33, became also the latest to be diagnosed with CTE. Dr. Rick Lehman heads up the U.S. Sports Medicine for St. Louis, U.S. Center for Sports Medicine. Dr. Lehman, glad to have you on board again. Thank you, Larry. Thanks for having me. I know you deal a lot of with a lot of athletes, both the amateur and professional, and uh, the CTE uh, apparently is surfacing more and more. But of course, we don't know about it until after they're dead. Well, you know, it's a huge problem, and the, and the biggest problem is you kind of put your finger on it is that we can't diagnose it, and you know, all these people have had autopsies. So until we get a test that diagnoses it, we don't really know when it starts. Does it start when you're in high school? Does it start with a concussion when you're 13 years old playing junior league football, et cetera? And so that's one problem. And the second problem is we can't grade it until you're dead. So we don't know if you have a little CTE or like Junior Seau have a lot of CTE or Hernandez or some of these other guys. So, you know, the biggest problem is the doctors can't really make the diagnosis until, like you said, someone's killed themselves or they've died, and we don't know if it's getting better or getting worse, and we don't know when someone is safe to go back to play after they've had a concussion. Let me let me go through some very quick basics. There are four stages, right? And, and exactly what is CTE? Uh, CTE is chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Uh, basically, you can look at it. We call it minimal brain disease or moderate brain disease or dementia. And it's not all that different than Alzheimer's in the late stages. So in stage four, you, you basically have Alzheimer's and, and you're incapacitated. And it's uh, characterized because there's an unusual buildup of a protein in the process, right? And that is triggered because of repeated hits to the head or the, the frontal lobe or the back lobe or anywhere. Well, it's tau particles, and, and you don't necessarily have to have a concussion. So somebody who has repeat, repeated head trauma... 
uh, hitting a soccer ball, uh, getting hit, playing hockey, uh, where the head's jarred back and forth and the brain is traumatized, it's certainly going to be enough to give it to you. I'm glad you brought up soccer because a lot of folks, uh, you know, especially, I know we've had this discussion before, uh, boys and girls often using their head to butt against a soccer ball, you think, well, that can't be that big of a deal. It's not like somebody plowed full force into you <laughs> with a helmet. Well, the studies have shown that, that the number of headers in girls' soccer is directly related to the deterioration in test scores. So they, they looked at kids and they said, you're going to do this amount of headers in soccer. You're going to do five more. You're going to do ten more. And then they did definitive test scores for all these kids. They actually used the SAT variant. And what they found is the number of headers is directly related to a deterioration in your test scores. So, yes, there's no doubt about it, hitting a soccer ball at some point is going to create some breakdown in your brain. So in the NFL now, they have protocols where if they think a player took a hard hit to the head, they put him up under a tent there on the field and kind of do an exam or something and then decide if he's capable of moving forward and, and playing the game. I mean, are they giving any kind of x-ray or anything? Are they just doing cognitive, can you follow my finger, or what's your name, what is today? What is it? Well, it's a standard test. Uh, it's not any x-ray. It's not any CT scan. But the bigger problem is, Who's going, who's going into, into concussion protocol? And the problem is not many athletes and not many coaches are really going to be all that willing to take the star wide receiver, the star quarterback, and put him in a concussion protocol unless it's mandatory. So last year we had a lot of concussions, and a lot of athletes didn't undergo concussion protocol at all. And the reason is it's not very popular to say, hey, coach, you know, I think I might have had a concussion. And the coach is going to say, hey, you okay? And you're going to say, yeah, I'm okay. And you say, all right, you're in on the next play. So we've had a lot of trouble because of the culture of football, you know, in, 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 in trying to get this protocol looked after. But, again, you hit it on the head. It's, there's no real testing. It's just sort of a quiet place to do a good exam and then assess can that athlete go back and play. Now, the Denver Broncos wide receiver, Demarius Thomas, died last year at age 33, had a seizure, and he was diagnosed with stage 2 after the autopsy. Stage 2 was already moving that rapidly for him. I assume it depends upon the individual, maybe the actual impact or where or not. Well, I think in all those things, when you started having head trauma, you know, did you start playing football when you were 7 years old, or did you play in high school? How many uh, concussions did you have? How many traumatic head injuries? How many times your head hit the ground? how many times your head hit a tackling dummy. But the one thing you have to understand about Demarius is the seizure disorder was in parallel with his CTE. So it's probably the seizure disorder was directly related to brain trauma. So they were not separate. That's the first thing. The second thing is stage two already has, you know, those guys are depressed. Uh, they're a little embarrassed about their disease problem. They're forgetful. They can't remember their kids' names. You ask them where they live. They can't tell you. So Stage 2 CTE is not insignificant. You're listening Dr. Rick Lehman, head of the U.S. Center for Sports Medicine. Now, we, of course, have seen evidence that sometimes it will lead to violence as well, that uh, a former NFL player uh, taking his own life in South Carolina earlier this year, Philip Adams, 32 years of age, after fatally shooting six other people. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, some people say it's similar to road rage. 
but they have they have expletive outbursts. That's what we call them in the medical uh, community. And you know, they just for no particular reason, almost like somebody on steroids, they just start saying crazy stuff and are extremely aggressive and almost almost go into a violent pattern at, at periods of times. And a lot of times the family members will say, oh, you know, we're scared of so-and-so because of some of the things he said or some of the things that he's done under a little bit of stress. So they don't deal with stress well. And, and, and their thought processes are very, as, as the disease process progresses, their thought process become more and more problematic. Let me get a quick question in here. The uh, NFL next week, or rather, is backing a, a cheerleader, basically, they say for flag football is an international multi-sport event being held next week during the World Games in Birmingham, Alabama. The NFL executive, Tone uh, Troy Vincent, telling the AP, when we talk about the future of the game of football, it is no question flag. In other words, no contact? Well, no, Troy Vincent was a heck of a football player, and I can tell you I know him fairly well uh, through other channels, medical channels, and, and, and I, I think... What are you going to do? You know, we put such a premium on these big hits and we put such a premium uh, on the violence in football. And, and, you know, I mean, we're talking about out, out of both sides of our mouth. You know, we're, we don't want head to head hits. We don't want to have this. We don't want to have that. It's like baseball. We don't want to have home. We want to have home runs, but we don't want to have steroids. So in football, I think you're going to have to make it non-traumatic because I think that the liability is is tremendous and and these are the kids you know about you know about the junior stay and the adams and the guys but you don't know about all the people sitting home right now that are still alive that have significant cte that haven't been diagnosed yet and when when you look at the numbers out of boston 98 percent of the football players that had some type of post uh death autopsy had cte at some level 98 and, and they're and they're all wearing helmets i i remember i started riding bulls at a very young age 14 and and of course now it still looks great to ride a bull with just a cowboy hat but many more of them now are wearing helmets with cages probably because they've had one or two hits on the head either by the bull hoof or falling to the ground very quickly i mean we're back kind of where we were with hockey in the beginning unless you order them to wear a mask they feel like it's less manly. Absolutely. So the perception is everything. And again, this gets back to, to just what you said about hockey and bull riding. You know, guys should be wearing helmets. The other thing is, in football, it gives you a false sense of security. We keep making the helmets better, making people feel like, hey, you know, I can use the crown of my head to make tackles. And right. that's, that's where the problem starts. All right. Doctor, I want to thank you. I, I, we didn't get a chance to get to a lot of other stuff. I'd like to try to schedule you back maybe before the end of the week if it works your schedule. I appreciate My it. schedule's good. All right. Dr. Rick Lehman, U.S. Center for Sports Medicine. Coming up, what Joe Biden does not tell you about employment numbers. You can connect with Larry on Twitter at Larry Connors USA. The other day, some listeners saw me in Cafe Napoli, and one said, we see you here all the time. I said, yes, you do. I am the Cafe Napoli ambassador. Truth is, I've been a Napoli customer for decades, when there was only the Clayton location, then Town & Country, now St. Charles. Trust me, you'll enjoy great food, drinks, service. Cafe Napoli, Clayton, Town & Country, Streets of St. Charles, and tell them the Cafe Napoli ambassador sent you. 
This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. You know, there's a story coming out of uh, Albany, uh, TV and news anchor that, and, and and you have to be very careful about this, as I reported to you. We don't know the facts other than what they're being reported. I'm sure there will be an excuse. It's probably going to be a lawsuit before it's over with. The CBS 6 Albany anchor, Heather Culver, was suspended yesterday. She apparently was on the air in disarray and slurring words during a broadcast. She talked about a gas explosion in Oklahoma. And here's the way it's quoted. Evacuations have been ordered for the town of Medford, Oklahoma, with an unknown fatalities and injuries. Injuries are unknown in this situation. All right, so, well, hello, good afternoon. Like I was telling you this morning, if you watch this this morning, I told you, you know what? What a beautiful day outside. It's just amazing. And for that, the station has said she's no longer going to be on the air. Now, could she be having some kind of brain issue or tumor that's causing that? Uh, Was she drunk or near drunk? Or was there something else on her mind? You know, all kinds of things come to mind. You have to remember, folks, and you have to give, well, you may or may not give me allowances. That's fine. I, I can catch spears all day long. You go ahead and throw them at me. And I can catch bullets, too. But here's the deal. When a broadcast is live, things can go wrong in your head. It may, And it's very much like the president. And you don't have to be really old. I don't get the impression this woman is that old. I'm looking to see if it even shows her age. But for some reason, she was having difficulty struggling to report on it. Now, whether or not she had uh, been dealing with some medication or some other issue, you don't know. But the station's just decided based on that, and maybe one other case, apparently, she struggled on another broadcast that she's coming off the air. Now, I can't tell by the story if she's actually fired. They say suspended. But the station says she will not return to the air. Well, that's basically not suspension. That's firing, at least as an anchor. I imagine there'll be some litigation coming out of that, and it may be in her in her court as far as proving that what happened was out of her control. So don't be so quick to judge people when they make some mistake. I, same there, Biden. I give allowances. I mean, there are times yet, say, and, and same thing with V.P. Harris. Yes, it's word salad. I mean, words that are all confused and mixed up. I guess you could make an excuse like that for her, but every time, every time, well, the person obviously is not capable of being on the air or being vice president or being president. There, I said it. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I know some of you out there are shouting, and neither are you, Larry. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I can hear. Well, maybe not as good as I used to, but I can. So Joe Biden has been uh, touting how great the economy is touting uh, the job report last Friday, a significant progress in economic recovery. But here's what he did not do, according to Kerry Sheffield of the Daily Signal, who broke it down. When it comes to beating a recession, red states are leading the charge. Blue states, since 
through May have lost 1.3 million jobs. Blue states. That's according to the Labor Department data by the Brookings Institute. That is, again, reported by the Wall Street Journal. So it's not just her. So the states that gained the most, red states, Florida, Texas, North Carolina. And it just shows again that we're actually seeing people are getting poor and suffering if they're in a blue state. But when you put it all together, it makes a pretty rosy picture. It's enough for Biden to say, things are looking good. We added 341,000 jobs. Not in blue states so much. But see, if you start breaking it down and looking at it like that, then you realize taxes, restrictions, regulations, government interference, all those things are chasing a lot of people either out of jobs and are the companies out of jobs or chasing those people out of those states to a state where they can get a J-O-B and not have to deal with taxes that are imposed by blue state failures. Oh, by the way, were you at uh, Sun Valley this last weekend for the summer camp? You didn't make that? You're kidding me. Sun Valley, uh, they just had their big billionaire summer camp. This is held every year in Sun Valley, Idaho, for the the those who are really, really rich. I mean, over the top rich. They fly all in in their private jets. Yes, they are worried about climate and pollution and so forth, but not when it comes to using their private jet. And you got the big names. You've got, obviously, Buffett, and you got all the other big names. That's fine. I don't have any problem with people making the money. But do you think they have anything in common with you as they gather in Sun Valley, Idaho? So you didn't go, huh? <laughs> Sucks to be you, doesn't it? Coming up in the next hour, more on the Brittany Griner plea. Plea, get me out of Russia. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA.